Great to see you all here. And, uh, you know, it kind of blows me away that in just two weeks' time, or what are we on, the 12th, in 13 days, it is Christmas uh, already. Can you believe it? It's just flying by. And uh, for me, that doesn't mean that I, I just think about Christmas. You know, we as the pastoral team, we, we kind of think about, well, what's coming up? Uh, what are we doing after that? W- how are we going to work with life groups? W- what's the material we're going to cover? What are the subjects we're going to look at? Uh, and so for those of you that might be wondering, even though we're right at the end of the year, and some of you have already emailed the office and kind of said, hey, what's coming? What are we doing next? I am super excited. Uh, in, I'm always super excited. I know, uh, and I always say that. I apologize, but I really am super excited uh, because in January, starting uh, on the second Sunday of January, we're starting a new series called Love That Neighbor. Love That Neighbor. And I know some of you are going to go, but Brian, the scripture says, love thy neighbor. Uh, Yes, it does, depending on which translation you're reading. Uh, The problem is, when we read, love thy neighbor, we go and conveniently find a neighbor we like, (laughs) and we start loving that neighbor. Whereas the Bible makes it quite clear, even those people, and you can fill in what those people classifies, uh, we're called to love them. Uh, And that's actually going to be a very specific reason as to why we're looking at love that neighbor is because we live in a world where everything just seems to be changing all the time. Uh, and we live in this diverse culture with so many different worldviews, so many different approaches to life. Uh, and sometimes we almost want to kind of get into this little holy huddle, the spiritual ghetto, uh, and we try and kind of have this us versus them mentality. And Jesus never picks sides. Jesus loves every person, uh, even those people that look and sound and smell different to us. Uh, And so make sure you come and join us for that one because I know it's going to challenge each and every one of us about loving, loving that neighbor. Now, before I get onto that message and get excited about it and just start preaching it this morning, let's stick with Advent as we journey through the season of Advent, as we pause and reflect, and and I love the season of Advent. The season of Advent isn't just about Christmas Day that's coming. It isn't just about, yay, in a couple of days' time we get to gather around a tree and and open up some gifts and and celebrate through kind of materialism. No, that's not what Christmas is about, and that's not what Advent is about. Advent is that season where we deliberately and intentionally remind ourselves that not only did Jesus come to earth, but he's coming again in the future. And so we pause and we reflect and we worship, but we also look ahead. And so this morning we're focusing on the topic of joy. And right up front, I want to remind us that Jesus is our joy. You know, when we light the candles for Advent, when we speak about uh, peace and love and joy, we're not just saying that we get that, and, and of course we do, but the reason we get that is because Jesus is that. And so Jesus is our peace, and Jesus is our joy this morning. In fact, we heard that verse from Luke chapter 2, verse 10. Uh, the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Now, we've spoken about joy before, and, and joy is one of those elusive things. 
It's really difficult to define. Because whenever we think about joy, we can't help but bring happiness into it. And we kind of feel like, yeah, maybe it's, it's kind of like happiness. But happiness is also pretty fleeting. And, and happiness is based on happenings. I'm happy at a certain event and I'm unhappy at another one. And so joy is a little different because joy is under that. Joy is under the surface. It's much deeper than just the happiness on the surface. You know, C. Davis in the Evangelical Dictionary of Theology says this, Joy is a delight in life that runs deeper than pain or pleasure. From a biblical perspective, it is not limited to nor tied solely to external circumstances. Joy is a gift from God. And like all of his other inner gifts, it can be experienced even in the midst of extremely difficult circumstances. And and I think that's a good definition. When I read through some of the biographies of some people who've gone through incredibly deep waters, uh, prisoners of war, people who've experienced tremendous loss, yet they've had this deep faith in God, and, and they walk closely with Christ, and yet they're able to speak about joy in the midst of those places. Joy separated from externals. You know, when I think about joy, one of the ways that helps me understand joy is I think joy never exists on its own. And and that's possibly part of the problem because we keep trying to pursue joy. We think that, well, if I do this or if I have that or if I know this, well, then I'll have joy. And joy doesn't exist like that. Joy is connected to someone or something. And I think the Bible will make it very clear that joy is connected to Jesus Christ. We all pursue joy. Maybe this is why so many, and and I I hope I'm not offending any of you if your middle name is Joy, uh, but I just seem to know a lot of people whose middle name is Joy. And actually, I love that because it speaks to this desire that we all have. And so when a parent has this child coming into the world, the parent wants to add that name joy because this child is hopefully going to bring joy. That's their prayer. That's their desire. You know, it blows me away that women have babies. It really does. It's a crazy process, if you ask me. There's pain. There's fear, mainly from the husband if he's in the room at the time. There's possibly shouting. It's not neat. It's not a peaceful, beautiful process, no matter what the movies try and say. I've been there twice, and I still need trauma counseling for that. But despite that, despite the process, women still have babies. Women have multiple babies in some cases. Why? Because there's joy. Yes, they know it's going to possibly be painful. Yes, they know there's going to be challenge. And yes, we know that even that child who we hope will bring us joy might bring us pain, but there's still a desire. There's still a hunger for joy. And I think we all have that. We all long for joy. 
And so today, as we look at this idea of joy from Advent and from the perspective of Christmas coming, I want to say to you today, Jesus is our joy. If you get nothing out of today, I hope you leave with that stuck in your mind, that Jesus is our joy. Jesus is our joy. Jesus is constant. He is the same today, tomorrow, and yesterday. He is with you all the time. And therefore, we can experience joy that comes from knowing Jesus. And we kind of go, well, how is that or why is that? Well, we started reading this morning about how joy surrounded the birth of Jesus. This was the foundation of the birth of Jesus. In fact, when, when the pregnant mother of Jesus, when Mary comes along and she meets the pregnant old lady Elizabeth, who, who was pregnant in her old age, as they gather together and as she speaks, so this child within Elizabeth, the child that would go on to be John the Baptist, leaps for joy in the womb. There's celebration and there's joy in the birth of Jesus. The angels proclaim to the shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. We just sang joy to the world, unspeakable joy. And we sing that for good reason, because joy has come into the world, because Jesus is our joy. You know, if I, if I try and think about love in relation to joy... I would say probably many of us enjoy the experience of feeling in love. In fact, some people, it, it almost becomes addictive and they, they just pursue this feeling of love. I, I want to love because I, I want to experience this. And, and as great as it is to be in love, I would argue that being loved in return is far greater. You know, when we make that soul connection with someone, that person to whom we love and we know they love us in return, we there and then feel joy. We experience joy because we're created to love. And so as we tackle the topic, we're reminded that Jesus is love because God is love. And so to know the love of God and to know the love of Jesus Christ, we experience joy there. We experience joy at the fact that in God's love for us, or in Jesus' love for us, he, he looks past the, the sin. He looks past the muck. He, he sees his creation. And he says, you are my child and I love you regardless. And we find joy in that place because of the love of God. The psalmist writes of this joy uh, in the presence of God's love when he says in Psalm 16, verse 11, You have made known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Again, the psalmist writes in Psalm 4, verse 6 to 8, Many are asking, Who can show us any good? Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord, for you have filled my heart with greater joy than when the grain and new wine abound. I will lie down and sleep in peace, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. You know, there was a, an interesting character uh, a couple of hundred years ago. His name was Billy Bray. Uh, Billy Bray was a drunken, loose-living miner, uh, coal miner who lived in Cornwall, England. 
born in 1794. Uh, he was always getting involved in fights. He was pretty abusive at home with his wife, uh, a bit of a drunkard, uh, and just kind of this, this rabble-rouser and, and just got into all sorts of trouble. But at the age of 29, he had this incredible encounter with Christ, and in this amazing encounter with Christ, he gives his life to the Lord and he becomes a Christian. And, and Billy Bray went, on to, he went home that night and he said to his wife, you will never see me drunk again. Because it was when he was drunk that he would cause chaos and, and, and abuse people. And so he said, you will never see me drunk again. And by the help of God, she never did. In fact, people speak about it, Billy Bray and how his tone, his words, everything seemed to change. And this once troublemaker now became a preacher. And people would come and hear him preach. And many were converted. Many saw the Holy Spirit work through him. In fact, there's accounts of miracles as God was working through him. But one of the things that I love about reading the story of Billy Bray is after he became a Christian, he just started shouting, like all the time. He was just loud, you know, and, and you guys can be lucky. You don't know what it's like to have a shouting preacher. You know, I mean, there are days where I just, I wish I was one of those guys. I just can't get there. But, but Billy, Billy Bray shouted all the time. And somebody actually came to him one day and said, Billy, why don't you tone it down some? You're just too happy. You've got too much joy and, and you're too loud. Billy Bray said, I can't help it. God saved me, and I can't help it. When I put one foot down, it says hallelujah. When I put the other foot down, it says glory to God. And so this person said, well, Billy, what if you're mistaken? What if when you die, you find out that, that you're not going to heaven after all? You're going to hell. <laughs> and I love this. Billy's response was this. Praise God. I've been having a wonderful time in the Lord through these years. Jesus has been good to me. And if I die and go down to hell, then I'll be thankful for the joy that Jesus brought in my short life. And I will shout all over hell. And they'll have to send me up to heaven because they can't stand that kind of joy down there. Billy Bray understood it didn't matter what happened in life. His life wasn't easy thereafter. It wasn't like he became a Christian and suddenly all the troubles disappeared. He still had to work. He still had problems. There were still challenges in life, but he understood joy is in Jesus Christ because I know Jesus, and so I have joy. You know, at Easter time, we quite often say, He is risen, and then the, the congregation responds, he is risen indeed. Will Ingram speaks about an ancient saint who under his breath, after everyone said he is risen indeed, he would say, my joy. And I just love that. It was an awareness that, yes, Jesus is risen indeed, my joy. My joy is in Christ. God's presence brings joy. And that's the reason why at Advent we reminded ourselves that God is joy. And Jesus brings that. He is the God incarnate, God who walks among us, Emmanuel, God with us. That was Larry Schramm's sermon two weeks ago. The with of God. 
And because God is with us, I can experience joy because there is joy in the presence of God. And this is why the angels declare joy to the world. Because joy has come to the world. Because Jesus is our joy. And so because Jesus is our joy, we can live in joy. You know, it might be that when you became a Christian, when, when you kind of made that decision and understood that Christ had come for you and said, yes, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, you may have experienced joy at that time. And maybe as you've journeyed with Christ over the years, maybe that joy is kind of waning a little bit. The cares of life are getting in the way. The cares of life are consuming us. The, the concerns of this crazy world around us. And so we might say, well, how do we sustain? How do we grow in the joy that Jesus gives us? Jesus answers this for us in John chapter 15 and 16. Jesus says, if you want to know joy, then abide in me, stay in me, stay with me. In fact, Jesus says in John 15 verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy might be complete. And then Jesus goes on in John 15 about the vine and the branches. We really can't do anything unless we abide in Christ, unless we remain connected to that branch, Jesus Christ. And that's how we experience joy. In the presence of God, there is joy. So how do we experience it? We'll stay close to God. Yes, stay close to God through prayer, through reading scriptures, through, through memorizing scripture, uh, through practicing scripture, through gathering together in worship as we gather corporately. When we do that, we begin to experience joy. We begin to experience the presence of God. Remain in him through obedience. You know, sometimes we might go running after other things because we think that will bring us joy. If I just had a little bit more, if, if I just had a little bit bigger, if I just had this or that or whatever the case might be, but actually it's staying connected to our Heavenly Father. It's staying away from sin. It's staying away from those things that drag us away from God. When we remain connected, that's when we experience joy. In fact, Tony Campolo said this. He said, joy in Christ requires a commitment to working at the Christian lifestyle. Salvation comes as a gift, but the joy of salvation demands disciplined action. Most Christians I know have just enough of the gospel to make them miserable, but not enough to make them joyful. They know enough about the biblical message to keep them from doing the things which the world tempts them to do, but they do not have enough of a commitment to God to do those things through which they might experience the fullness of joy. Indeed, sometimes the most difficult part of being a Christian is being a Christian. But the Bible calls us and, and exhorts us and says, if we follow, if we remain obedient, if we remain connected, that's when we experience joy. And it's not a legalism. It's not about, well, if I follow all these rules. No, 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 that's, that's legalism. And legalism never leads to joy. In fact, you want to meet some of the most sour Christians, go and hang out with a bunch of legalists. It doesn't lead to joy. Joy is found in God 
and enjoying the presence of Christ and running after him. And, and as I run after Christ, well, then I'm naturally going to do the things that Christ calls me to do. And that's when I find joy. You know, Mother Teresa said, a person filled with joy preaches without preaching. And indeed, there might be that silent joy, but I'm not sure there's such a thing as quiet joy. If we're truly filled with joy in the presence of Christ, we're not going to be able to help but spread that, but to share that, but to express it to the world. Maybe this is why Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. You know, the psalmist writes in Psalm 98, Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to all the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to the earth. Let all the earth shout for joy to the Lord. Jesus is our joy. You and I will have many opportunities over these next few weeks for happiness. You know, last night I was with a group of friends at a Christmas party. Uh, and it was just this happy time as we laughed and as we joked and as we celebrated and as we feasted and, and we handed out like surprise gifts for one another. You know, those little like secret Santa things with, uh, so nobody knows what they're getting. And there were all sorts, candies, oils, books, drinks. Uh, I got Christmas socks. Because everyone thinks I'm a Grinch. Everybody in the office thinks I'm a Grinch, I should say. I'm, you know, I, I cannot compete with Hannah's level of Christmas enthusiasm. And so I ended up with Christmas socks. And you'll be glad to know I'm wearing my Christmas socks today. It was a happy time last night. We loved it. We, we were laughing. But you know what? Every one of us in that group, I'm sure had we spoke a little longer and, and maybe decided to not be happy, every one of us could have pointed to reasons why we shouldn't be happy. We're missing family. We're unable to do some of the things we want to do. There's pain in all of our lives. We all have challenges. And it's very easy. Thank God it didn't happen last night. But it's very easy to go from happy to sad in just a few comments. And so we can go and experience happy gatherings, and many will. And I know that a number of you during this time of year, this is not a happy time. In fact, it's a desperately sad time. Because you're not able to spend Christmas with loved ones. Loved ones you want to. Maybe your loved ones don't want to spend Christmas with you. Maybe a loved one has passed away. 
That's why we do the blue Christmas service. It's a reflective time. It's this time of of mourning even in the midst. And so regardless of the happiness or the sadness, we can all still experience joy in the midst of that. Because joy is not an event. Joy is a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. And he promises to be with us. Because 2,000 years ago, he stepped from heaven to earth. And I don't know when, but I know he's coming again. And then, oh, and then, we will experience the fullness of joy. Because we will be fully known even as we fully know. Joy is, it, is possible because Jesus Christ is our joy. That is my prayer for you this Advent time. Instead of chasing after fleeting experiences, may you know true and lasting joy. And may you know Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Oh, Jesus, we know that you are joy. Jesus, we know because your word tells us. You came to this earth in great joy. You told your disciples that your joy would be complete. And it was because of joy that you went to the cross. Because you understood that by going through that, we would be reconciled to our heavenly father. And because we are reconciled and because we walk in relationship with our heavenly father, we now can experience joy regardless of what we might experience in this life. We might have happy times filled with laughter and fun and celebration. But we know that in this life we will also have trouble. And we will have painful experiences. We will have those times where we're anything but happy. Yet for those who know Jesus Christ, we will know joy. And we will experience joy. Jesus, I thank you that you are our joy. I pray for each one of us in this building today and those watching online. May we truly experience joy this Christmas time. Because we can experience joy by knowing Jesus. We ask this in your name. And together we say, amen. Amen.